Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, October 16th, 2017. It is not an ideal to start a po- an ideal moment to start a podcast. I'm in the restroom. I'm still uh swallowing the triscuits I just had, but you know what it is? It's all about putting perfection aside and just getting started. And this is what it is, folks. This is it getting started. I was listening to a podcast the other day between Gary Vaynerchuk and James Altucher, who are two of my, uh, uh, you know, self-proclaimed, well, I kind of use them as my mentors, even though they don't know, but they kind of know because they're producing all the content, putting it out there for people to learn and listen to and watch and grow from. And uh, they did this thing that I'm not sure if they'll regret or if they, uh, they'll really do. But it was like a hashtag, uh, Gary and no, it was, uh, it was James and Gary V just get started or just start a hashtag. And they said something about if you started your podcast in the next two days, then uh, they'd, they'd come on the show, uh, show number three or four or five or something like that. And I don't know how they're going to organize that. But the point is this. I've started many a podcast, and uh, I've been thinking about adding an element of podcasting to my journey uh, with Once Around the Block. Uh, What is Once Around the Block? In January 2017, partially kind of inspired by by James and and Gary, uh, especially Gary, sort of get out there, hit the pavement, and do something, I started vlogging. you know, it's kind of the, the future of media is, is very visual right now. Uh, video is king. Uh, and I wanted to put a lot of pressure on myself and try and come up with solutions and, 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 uh, and you know, content. Um, and it was really, really hard. I, I ended up vlogging for about a month, the month of January of 2017. And, you know, I, I learned a lot. It's, I think the most important thing I learned is that it's really hard. It's hard to be super creative efficiently on a regular basis execute and uh, and deliver the problem is we we often think oh i have potential i can do this i can do that uh if only i had this time or if only i had that resource i could execute but that's not how the world works and it's all about executing with what you have and taking steps to grow from there so uh, I just got a little, little distracted about what I was talking about. But bottom line is, you know, that was the most important thing I learned in, in vlogging is that all this seems really easy, all this content creation and and, and getting out there and just making videos. Um, and, you know, it's like you, you always think you could write a book because you're, you're good at reading. And uh, in your head, it'd be so easy to write or like it'd be so fun to write a book. Uh, but go ahead and try and it kicks the crap out of you. It's, it's just that kind of thing where... It, it brings you uh, some self-awareness. So it's good. You're starting with the fact that you have potential, you have something to contribute, you have a, a creative perspective that might be interesting. But executing on that and delivering a product and, and, and having it be successful is a whole different story. So once around the block, you know, a couple of offshoots came off of me vlogging every day. I started doing a lot of like working on my phone and, and drawing on my phone and, and trying to create some content for Phil on the vlogs on my phone. And so it was very, and it ended up doing this series of portraits of DC residents, all like kind of produced on my phone. It's very pop, uh, sort of contemporary stuff. You can check it out on my website. You can link to it through edmundvanderbilt.com. Um, but anyway, that was one offshoot, and the other offshoot was uh, Once Around the Block. What is Once Around the Block? It's essentially an interview series 
where I walk around the block with people and, uh, and I film the conversation. Uh, it's all about having authentic, sort of casual conversation. There's some research that goes into it. So obviously, like I just did an interview with Michelle Clark, who's uh, the executive director of um, Artworks for Freedom. And right now they're putting on uh, you know, a couple, like six weeks worth of content in D.C., art shows, uh, performances, etc., cetera, um, to raise awareness for human trafficking. So obviously, if I'm going to walk with Michelle Clark, uh, you know, I'll have done a little research and we did spend quite a fair amount of time or basically all the time talking about human trafficking. But in certain instances, I, uh, you know, still challenge myself to go to the street and meet somebody randomly, explain the concept and just walk around the block. So in that situation, I have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about. Um, The point was this uh, of the series is to create sort of... um, content that brings value to people and let me just sort of lay out the value proposition for you now it brings value to the person being interviewed because it shares their voice now whether it's a random person i mean on the street um or or somebody who has a real strong message they want to put across it gives them a voice uh secondly it brings value to the viewers now this is something that i couldn't divine couldn't anticipate wholly you know, I the temptation was to create a super produced show, and yet this is a very simple show. I walk around the block holding the camera, and I film it. There's no mics, there's no nobody following us, etc. Um, so it brings value to the viewer because I've had people email in, message me in, and, and say, uh, "Hey, dude, this is a cool series. I think there's, you know, I think it's really fun. I think it could grow. I think it could, you could do this or you do that." Long story short, it's creating interest for people, which lets me know that it's bringing value to to the public. So um, that that being mostly on Facebook or through Facebook, people are seeing the videos, right? We started about, you know, 20, 50, 60 views, and then it sort of kept growing from there. Um, and then now we have anywhere between like 500 to 5,000 views is, you know, pretty much a good average. And that's all organic. So there's no paid, um, there's no paid or sponsored posts on Facebook. So I, I think I'll get there because I think it'll just, because of how Facebook works, basically, you're on a platform that's designed to make money and designed for you not, you know, the organic days of growth are kind of over because algorithms are taking over and people have too much to see. So the algorithms are deciding what, what gets seen. I think it's kind of BS and gray area, but that's the game if you want to play it. So long story short, um, you know, the all organic means I've not paid for anything. I think I did a one test for one of the videos for like five bucks. Um, and it, it wasn't very, didn't really result in anything uh, or any significant uh, increase. But I think down the line is that if I do more organized sort of campaigns, um, we, can, we can explore that option. So where am I at now? I'm almost a year down the line. Not really. Nine months. Uh, it's October. I started in late January. I think January 25th, 2017 is when I, I posted my first video. And um, it's been nine months. It's been an interesting ride. It started off very loosey-goosey or very like uh, informal. And, um, and then I just, as it picked up traction, I was very sort of um, excited by it because I was like, wow, it's working. And some, it's bringing value. And I think I keep talking about bringing value because I think that's the fundamental thing as a creator or as a, you know somebody's putting content out there is you got to bring value because it has to you know improve people's lives or or educate or you know entertain or something so 
I was very excited that it was bringing value. And, you know, you start off with such a simple product. If we take in, bring in uh, some business terminology here, which isn't very, uh, uh, you know, intellectually, uh, you know, complicated, but it's, it's this concept of minimum viable product, MVP. Um, you, you know, you, as a creator, and I've had to learn this hardware, hard way over, over many years. As a creator, you, you get stuck in your world, maybe. You, uh, you want to draw the perfect drawing. You want to paint the perfect painting. You want to create the perfect website. And if I just have this website, if I just have this one show, if I just have some better photographs, if I just have a better camera, then I can start. Then, I, you know, there's that temptation, that mentality that, like, oh, if only I had this, I would be happy. If only I had a bigger house, I'd be happy. You know, it's a pretty global way of thinking. And the problem with that, very simply, uh, I just had a like scary moment where I thought I wasn't recording. Uh, the problem with that is that it's completely um, the opposite of what basically will lead you to your goal. Because yes, you need a, some basic stuff perhaps, you need a portfolio website so that you can show some work, but it could be as simple and as uncomplicated and as ugly uh, it, it's not really going to change the content. I know. I know it's tempting to be like, yeah, but. But at the same time, it's way more valuable, especially in the beginning, because you can perfect things down the line when you have the, the time and resources. But it's much more effective to get the word out, get the photo out, get the image out, get the work out, get the ideas out, and seeing what people react to. Because, there, you know, also as as a sort of an immature, I'll call it, artist or creative person, you want to like spread your vision. And if people don't get it, then they're just kind of like they're not in the right place and they don't get it. So that's a very romantic way of like believing in yourself and, and self-assuredly, you know, supporting your artwork. But it's not very realistic. Because bottom line is we live in the world or on, the, on a planet with people. And that's basically what we do all day is interact with people. So if you're creating artwork that's only response or that that only you know essentially that only you get even if it's tempting because like it's the best product you think you can make it doesn't really exist or it doesn't what what is it doing if it doesn't speak to anybody i recently sort of like where was i heard this quote about you know oh okay it's the it's the singer songwriter that wrote the Despacito song, that co-wrote the Despacito song. Fortunately, I can't think of her name right now. But she was talking about the, the, the impetus or the, the motivation for, for her creative process. And it's not about, I want to express exactly me and I want you to like me and I want you to pay me and I want to make millions of dollars. It's like, how can I create something that is that people can resonate with? That people, you know, that moves somebody, that changes their day a little bit for the better, or not, I was going to say for better or for worse, but, you know, yeah, hopefully for the better. And, um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. So, uh, we're talking about value, about creating, yeah, so creation, and I think this is part of society slash art schools slash creatives in general's fault because there's so much pressure 
as a creative, all the, you know, the, the traditionally most parents or institutions or what have you don't encourage the creative side as much because it's a fine and nice and healthy side habit, but not exactly a future to depend on. And I get that more and more as I get older because it's hard as hell and it's, it's not an easy path. But bottom line is nothing is really. If you, if you got to make it in this life, you got to work hard. So the point was that um, you, I'm trying to bring in everything I'm saying because I'm just going off the cuff here. You're creating, it's like, oh, so, so this whole sort of like pressure you get as a young artist or as a young creative to, you know, you, you don't want to do this for your life. This is just a hobby. When are you going to get serious? Starts creating this very insular reaction by the, the creative person or the artist. I'm kind of generalizing. I'm just talking about my experience, but I'm using like, the artist is uh as as the word um you start creating an insular person who's very defensive and who's starting to suffer because they their voice has to be heard but it's not being heard correctly and so they get frustrated and then you're telling them that they're dumb and stupid and should stop and start something serious and then you can always paint when you're older or on the side or something like that. And that starts just creating this frustration where the artist is very, has to sort of be proud and, and defend himself. And, you know, that's where you get the stand up against the man and always pissed off at everybody. And then you get this artist who's like kind of lost and not figure, you know, can't figure out how to make the things connect. And then there's opportunities, but you're working with uh, opposite side that, you know, has different priorities than the artist who's trying to, you know, create his vision. And then there's conflict because the artist is fluky and wants more money and it's too much money as, as a, you know, according to the institution. And according to the artist, the institution has tons of money and you know, they're being cheapskates. And it's all kind of true but also kind of detrimental and created by this sort of overbearing you know, sense or feeling that the creative pursuits are not very serious. And so it's, it's this weird combination of – of course, there's very successful creative people who are very successful from a young age, right? And they they have the business sense or whatever it is to take them through. And this might not make a lot of sense to them. But I think that's a lot of people in a lot of things. Some some people, it comes more naturally. But for others, it's it's more more complicated figuring out the, the, the balance, right? So when you're bringing um, people value, you're creating, going back to the co, co-creator, co-author of the Despacito song, which is this famous song that's gotten, I think it's 3 billion plus views on YouTube or downloads or whatever it is, uh, which is the most downloaded or viewed or whatever it is uh, song in history. Um, so that's pretty awesome and crazy. But uh, she was talking about creating for people. And, you know, it's something that kind of occurred to me this summer because, like, everyone, there's a, everyone talks about meditation, yoga, all this stuff. And I always thought it was kind of, like, creepy or... Or kumbaya, you know. Uh, but more and more people that I listen to talk about it and, and talk about the benefits, and it kind of it's like this awkward thing. I'm trying to understand if it's if it's for real or if it's kind of la la land. But this summer I was super super stressed, and I ended up just I was by the water on a bench, and I was just looking out into the the horizon. It was obviously very lovely sunset, and I remember just thinking like I've always sort of had these moments, you know, you're kind of dramatic and you want to go sit and watch the sunset. And you're like, oh, let me look out into the distance and and understand everything or or gain some sort of, you know, let me see the light so I can can understand what I, you know, this is all about. 
And for the first time this summer, I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, it's not about the universe revealing itself to me. Like how, how egocentric, how uh, narcissistic is that? Like, <laughs> you know, it's like you're too small. But it's about you just being like, hey, release, take it. I have no idea what's inside of me. I'm just going to breathe like on a, I'm going to breathe regularly and softly and I'm going to just release all my thoughts in my head into this, this horizon. Um, so I know that's a little abstract, but basically the bottom line is instead of taking it in or finding the answers or asking for something from the universe, it was me giving and it's unsolicited giving, but it's like, here, just take this confusion I have and these thoughts that I have and this stress that I have and and it doesn't make a real big difference I used to you know I'd walk away kind of pissed if I didn't figure something out or if I hadn't you know understood something in this case it was just it's more of that cathartic release it's like when you talk to a friend about a problem you're having it feels better afterwards right so um so you know so that's why it really um kind of marked marked me when uh, the 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 co-author of Despacito talked about creating for people and at the at the end of the day that makes so much sense like you're creating art you're creating music you're creating movies you're creating anything what are you creating it for you're not creating it to put it in a like finish it and polish it and put it in a box and close it in a in in a closet right so um <laughs> that was a really long you know, second point to once around the block, bringing value uh, with people writing in and 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 talking about how it was interesting and it was fun to meet new people and see different environments and stuff like that. Um, I think I got lost. I had like in my head in an abstract way, three points to make. So it brings value. Number one being it brings value to the interviewee. It brings value to the audience that's watching. Oh, and in a more sort of, you know, self-interest way, it brings value to me because what what is a lot of this? It's getting off your ass and doing something, right? It goes back to vlogging. And I'm meeting people and doing things that I never would have done without this project. So I love people and talking to people and meeting people and understanding people and hearing people. And and so it's like a, a very fulfilling sort of process for me as well. I'm also super aware of like life being you know, sort of short. (laughs) And so I like this concept of like, you know, we always, oh yeah, one day this, one day that. It's about meeting somebody, having a walk around the block, sharing a moment. And it's like, we wouldn't have otherwise, we document it. And there's something just special that feels, something just feels special about it. Um, I think this, this series really could be relevant to a lot of people, you know, in comparison, when I've talked to some people about this, um, they've brought up uh, Humans of New York, which is a photo series that um, a photographer started a few years back. And it's had tremendous success because it just highlights everyday people in New York. And, uh, you know, he started a Tumblr blog where he just put the photo. And then I think eventually or at the same time, he would put little descriptions of who they were. I just saw now on Facebook that they have a Humans of New York series which is like these short films about, it's kind of like if, if you took a photo, I made a short film about it, you know? Um, so it's interesting. It's a different concept, but anyway, it kind of relates to that. And I think how people relate to humans of New York is a little bit how once around the block could um, be relatable to people um, on a, on a large scale. Uh, another thing is, you know, a lot of my concepts, uh, websites, whatever, 
if I try and explain to my mom and she doesn't get it, I know it's not the best design. And I'm not saying that because my mom is, is like, you know, not capable of understanding, but because my mom's not like, you know, under, the, the whole technology thing came later on in life for her technology in the sense of like, you know, phones and all this user interfaces that we have to interact with and concepts even. She's been asking me like, okay, so the point I want to make first simply is that it's a concept that I can explain very quickly to a very large gamut of people of every age and, you know, style and everybody gets it, you know, they might not understand why it's interesting. They might understand immediately why it's interesting. They might not understand why I'm wasting my time, quote unquote, doing this, but they understand the concept. So that's another lesson or something about once you're on the block when I combine it with, God, did I ever finish my thought of minimum viable product? When I combine it with minimum viable product is, um, is that it's accessible to people and the concept is, is interesting. It's, it's not a complicated idea and people get it right away. So oftentimes, you know, even me, my temptation is to, okay, but we'll, so, but we'll edit it, but we'll edit the episode. So only the best parts will come up and it's not, it's, it just hasn't been proven to me yet that it's focusing on the minimum viable product down the line. We can edit, but this is working right now. So you build from there. Um, so I was just talking about accessibility. I, you know, when I've run into people on the street and done the like, hey, do you want to do an episode with me? I have no idea who you are. You know, the first guy I did that with or the second guy, I can't remember. It was less than 30 seconds from when I said, hey, man, what's up to me like walking with him around the block one time. So what I'm saying is that universally, it seems at least uh, from what I've seen so far, it's an accessible concept that I, that people are are into um what else do i want to say oh i think this could be big i think i could grow this into an empire kind of thing and i'm not you know interested in an empire for the empire's sake it's just that i think that this could be relevant to people and then we could build different avenues to kind of you know i'm tempted to say that this this is something that promotes our our human side um, I actually registered that name too because I was like, oh, this is so relevant. This is what it's about. It's about showing our human side. There's so much trash, war, hatred, uh, violence, uh, uh, you know, a fair amount of. There's so much negative stuff. I want to kind of contribute some positive stuff. So I, I can see avenues where, where I could take once around the blog into different ways, um, in, in, in different ways growing this into something that makes just people shows our human side and shows something maybe a little bit more positive um, than some of the scary images that we see every day. Um, how would it grow into an empire? I'm talking about monetization a lot recently. I have some quote unquote mentors, some friends, some, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Consultants, perhaps. Uh, with which I talk about this often and you know one of the things I'm talking a lot about is monetization because what's the reality the reality is I'm almost 40 years old in a few years I've got two kids in a family which is lovely we got a great start but I got to make things make sense and I got to make my time become so much more and I think this is the beauty almost of having kids in a lot of ways um, is that your time becomes really precious and and sort of uh, mm, uh, not delicate but uh, you know it, it, 
your time is so limited that you really have to focus it into something that's worthwhile for you. So uh, the point being that, yeah, monetization, you know, trying to find ways that I can continue this series uh, without, and you know, when they talk about following your passion and, and doing what you love, I would love to be able to do this and, and, and make, you know, make a living off of this and then grow this into a company that will improve other people's lives, employing other people and just marking other people through the content and stuff like that. So that's what I see and that's kind of the vision for the empire that it could be. Maybe, maybe I just sell the, the concept or the show. I mean, there's, there's different avenues. Maybe I'll cover it in another episode. Um, but monetization is important in, in order to sustain this uh, this series, um, you know, even even as simple as it is, which is a video that I, you know, I edit, I put a still at the front and a still at the back uh, on the back end and I upload it basically. There's like, you know, just creating the subtitles or the captions is an incredible uh, time commitment. And then creating content for other media platforms, including Twitter and Instagram. You know, we all know the game. It's a lot. Uh, and it quickly adds up, even when you have a very simple idea or simple product. Um, you know what? Oh, so yeah. So, you know, I want to make this something. And I'm, I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it. But I feel, I have a feeling. And I'm, I've operated a lot in my life um, on instinct. And sometimes I'm wrong. And sometimes... I'm not quite right, and sometimes I am right, and here I feel like I'm right, and I'm flexible enough now to know that I don't have a concrete vision that is unmovable, and if it's not like this, then I don't want it, but I have a vision that I think this can be something, and um, I want to pursue it, and I want to make it happen before it's too late, or, or, or you know, either, either kind of create something out of this, or maybe I lay down a rest, but uh, when it's time, uh, it's time. I left that kind of abstractly weird or uh, what's it called? Um, unclear. Uh, quick shout out to my homies, Gary Vaynerchuk and James Altucher. I've kind of like done the tagging you in posts and trying to get your attention. Maybe it's been a little bit sloppy in the past. Um, I think my, my this podcast sort of starts too late um, for your, uh, what is it? Uh, get, uh, James and Gary V start it. Hashtag, but either way, listening to that episode of your your podcast uh, is what brought me to think about this moment. And I've just talked for however long I've talked, and I've got the first episode of my new podcast out. Um, ah, maybe as we're doing shout outs, I should shout out to the guy Gimlet Media, who uh, who recorded that. I mean. The story is long, but basically his first podcast, I think, or whatever, one of the first projects was uh, for Gimlet Media, was a, a show called Startup, which was about creating Gimlet Media. And even, even Gimlet Media, didn't, the name didn't exist before he started. So documenting the process has been was a fascinating ride for me. So combining all these people that did fascinating things and, and provided value, I have no idea. Um what the level of value I'm bringing will be, but I hope it brings some value. And um, I'd love for you guys to, you know, interact and uh, leave some comments, rate this uh, podcast episode and the following episodes on iTunes. And uh, let's make some dreams happen, both mine and yours. 
I thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Till the next time, this is Edmund Vanderbilt signing off.